named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to another episode of the World Class Agency Podcast. My name is Moral and I'm joined as ever by Mr. Sam Hunter. How are you, my friend? Good morning, Mark. Hello, listeners. I'm really well, thank you. The clocks have changed. So I was sitting here an hour ago. Are you joking? And I was like, and I was like, where's Mark? <laughs> and then I realized that I was an hour early. It was only 7 a.m., not 8 a.m. Uh, so yeah, my, my plan of like, get home, get everyone fed, get it all sorted and then rush here at 4.59 to not be late for you and have some kind of semblance of organization went way out the window and I found myself twiddling my thumbs for now, but it was okay. I jumped on the trampoline, so it's not so bad. Oh, sorry about that. Well, funnily enough, talking about the trampoline, I saw something yesterday, the trampoline is a fantastic exercise for you to all the parents out there who have got trampolines in the, in, in the garden, apparently like three times as good as running. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, um, it is definitely three times as good as running. So I wear my Apple Watch, right? Yeah. And I get on there. And I can tell you this. I didn't look at it today, so I have no idea what it was. But, for instance, the only exercise I've done today, and I say exercise, was I went and sat in a sauna uh, <laughs> for like 15 minutes and had a cold shower, then went back in for another 15 minutes and had another cold shower. And I'm classing that as going to the gym today. Um, right. But yesterday, I got on the trampoline in the afternoon and I'd done 6,000 steps. Yeah. By the time I got off that trampoline, I'd done apparently 9,000. There was yeah. no way you could have told me that I, I've walked 3,000 steps on that trampoline. But for whatever reason, I tricked the watch. Yeah. And actually, if you want to feel good about yourself mentally, all you got to do is trick your Fitbit or your <laughs> Apple Watch or your Garmin or whatever it is into thinking you've done more. And yeah, apparently a trampoline is a good way of doing that. Yeah, well, I... Uh... This is not how we plan to start this uh, podcast at all, but <laughs> funnily enough, I lost, when I was doing my GCSEs, so my exams when I was 16, if you don't know what a GCSE is, Mr. Hunter, um, then I, there was a trampoline in the garden, I used to do it, my like like 10 minute breaks in between uh, revision, lost a bit of weight, and it really massively helped me concentrate. So exercise is important within trying to achieve anything. I know that you've been pretty consistent in our exercise accountancy uh oh, sorry accountability group recently that's like you are the king of that group at the moment every virtually every day i see a picture of your wrist with your watch with you know however many calories that you've burned in the, in the gym is that starting to have a bit of benefit for you that consistency uh it's actually three months today uh since i started because i i said to myself that i was going to start on the first of the month and i was like why wouldn't i just do it on the last day of the month, right? Yeah, yeah. And actually, that that I'm taking a bit of inspiration from James Kendall yesterday, and another thanks to him for joining and actually leading that entire conversation. <laughs> you know, it was great. I've had now two people message me. One one was I think uh, more genuine than the other uh, about wanting to guest host themselves. So maybe we just need to make it a thing so that the the podcast can be consistent, but we don't necessarily have to be here every <laughs> Tuesday morning. Um. But I, yeah, I wanted to plan something out. And actually, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was was going and doing the things that you've always said to yourself you're going to do. 
Yeah. And I sort of said to myself, I'll be consistent. And I work, my brain works in really weird patterns where it's like, I'll start on this month. I think that's why so many people have New Year's resolutions and why it gets to Halloween or November and people are like, fuck it, I'll start next year. Yeah. 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 You know? Um, it's a bit like if it gets to two o'clock in the afternoon, you haven't done any prospecting, you tell yourself, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. And you don't do it tomorrow. You just get to the next two and you keep telling yourself this perpetual lie. And so I started on the last day of a month, I went to the gym and I, I picked a program and I said, I'm going to do this to the end of the year, no matter what, I'm just not going to change it. I'm not going to get distracted by shiny toys. I'm not going to watch 10,000 YouTube videos. That's like the most optimum way to get fit or big or shredded. I'm just going to do. Uh, I'm listening to a guy, a podcast I really like. I'm just going to do what he says to do and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only been in, in the last week that I'm starting to notice changes. Yeah. So I've been going, I've been really enjoying it. Actually, I've been really enjoying like lifting heavy weights with my legs. Yeah. And I've never really done that before. And I think, again, it's because I listened to someone and he told me it's the best thing that you can do for your overall health, moving mm-hmm. your biggest muscles. It changes everything for you. Won't happen overnight, but will happen. And I'm three months in and I'm just starting to notice it. And I was playing golf with a mate of mine the other day. And we like, as you do at the end of a round of golf, you take your shoes off and you like get rid of your sweaty clothes because it was like 34 degrees. Mm. I took my shirt off and he was like, oh, mate, you've been hitting the gym. And I can't tell you what that did for my ego. <laughs> it was magnificent. But I hadn't really noticed it. Now I'm sitting there, you know, maybe there's good lighting in, in you know, gym bathrooms or whatever. And I'll take good lighting any day of the week. But I'm just like, okay, cool. This is starting to you know, have a tangible effect rather than just making me feel good. And actually that group and sending that photo of my watch every day or most days is a big part of it. I actually like had a couple of days where I stopped sending it and someone in the group messaged me and they're like, are you still doing it? And I was like, yeah, I just like didn't want to be the only one. He's like, no, don't stop. Yeah. Keep doing it. And I was like, okay, cool. I will. Um, and yeah, that's my goal. Stick to this routine that I'm doing to the end of the year. And ideally, if keep doing that. Maybe look at another shiny toy, change something. I don't know. There's a guy I've started following on Instagram that does loads of stuff with kettlebells and it looks heaps of fun. So maybe I'll try that. <laughs> what I don't want to do is get bored. Um, and and yeah, I'm I'm in a good place at the moment. I, I said to my best mate driving driving home today, I was just like, sometimes the universe just moves out of your way. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's what's happening at the moment. Um, and the only real fundamental change other than getting sleep is that I'm exercising ruthlessly um not not extreme just consistent um, yeah. and actually that was that was the other theme that i had for today was you don't have to be extreme you just have to be consistent and i saw that i think a friend of the show tanya baker shared that quote on her instagram and i screenshotted it uh, and sent it to everyone who listened because it's that is the reality i'm not in there like killing myself i'm just rocking up every day doing stuff um mm-hmm. and that mentality has to be what you take into everything in life you don't need to be extreme parent you just need to be consistent. Um, you know, uh, I was listening to a guy talk about being a dad on a show the other day, and he was comparing himself to Bandit Bluey's dad. And he, you know, Bluey fans. <laughs> you love a bit of Bluey, don't you? Yeah, man, I love Bluey. And and he was like, he's the gold standard of dadding. And he's like, we all think we've got to be exactly like him. And he goes, he only shows up for his kids for seven minutes a day, which is how long an episode is. <laughs> And he's like, there's plenty of parents out there that if they genuinely showed up for seven minutes in a row, they would change their kids' lives. And I was like, fuck, it's probably true. My kid doesn't have a seven-minute attention span. Yeah. So if I could, you know, make an effort, concerted effort, seven minutes on the trampoline is life-changing for our relationship. So, and that's not extreme. That's not spending all day, every day. That's not ignoring your work responsibilities. It's not ignoring everything else. It's just making that effort to be really consistent in everything you're going to do. So 
that's kind of been my theme over the last three months and can't promise you that it's going to be my theme forever, but I'm going to try. Yeah, it's our favorite. It's our favorite word on on the show. But I think actually, when you combine it, I really like that quote because I think it also makes any change that you are wanting to make, particularly as we're coming towards the end of the year. We'll talk a little bit about next year planning, but it doesn't make any changes that you've got to make feel massively daunting. They don't have to be massively daunting, or as you say, they don't have to be super extreme, but consistent. And actually, when I when you spoke to me about this, I was like, ah. That's certainly one of the things that I do. I probably try and be too extreme and then that, you know, takes me away from being consistent. And the exercise is a really good example of, you know, how you can build build blocks. And that's what it is. It's about building building blocks mm. to to improve. You get a little bit better, you get a little bit fitter. So, you know, how how hard you push yourself on day one, you're able to push yourself harder on day 10, harder again. And and then all of those um improvements the just the incremental improvements that get better and then you get better results so the consistency is the key and i think actually when you combine it in the in the nature that you have done there with that with that quote or that that tanya did perhaps then it actually makes change feel much more achievable and that's what we want Mm. right particularly if we are looking to to build towards next year and make some positive improvements and changes in life and in business you mentioned before now it's it's Halloween as we're recording this. We're going to put it out on the on the first of November. If there's people sat there now thinking, "Oh, we'll just do it next year," well, actually, you've got a massive opportunity to make some changes and get two thirds of the way to to actually probably seeing some really tangible results. Because I think three months is quite a good timeline to assess. You know, we talk and uh, about the 30, 60, 90 days effects of prospecting. You could be two thirds of the way there by actually taking action today rather than saying, it'll just wait till next year. A hundred percent. And like the, the reason why this uh, conversation came about today was one, we didn't have a guest, so we had to find someone to talk about, but two, it's really topical timing and that it is November tomorrow. Yeah. So realistically there's six solid working weeks left Four, if you're not going to count, everyone starts getting pissed <laughs> in December on as soon as that first rolls around. Um, what can you do in six weeks? Like what what are the questions that you can ask yourself about what you want to do? Um, and so I, I was picking up off some of the stuff that James and I spoke about last week um, in that, you know, questions get answered, statements get judged. And mm-hmm. by saying like, I will get fit and healthy, that didn't work for me. Yeah. Right? But by saying, will I get up and go to the gym today? It does. Cause I don't yeah. want to say no to myself. And so mm-hmm. the questions that I would urge everybody who's listening to this, if you're starting to think about next year and, and 2020, 20, 2024 is already knocking. So it's, it's, you know, will you change things next year? Will you do the things that you always said to yourself that you're going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and ideally, will you start now rather than, than waiting for next year? Um, this this whole exercise for me over the last three months has been about picking something and sticking to it mm. and, and realist. And there's there's like a, I can't remember who it was, but I'm going to say it was someone like Warren Buffett. It was like, write down all the things that you want to do in the next three months. And then it was write down all the things that you want to do in the next six months. And then it was write down all the things that you want to do in the next 12 months. And then he was like, circle one in each category. And that's the only thing you're actually going to do. Yeah. Because to do anything well, you need consistency and to be consistent, you've got to focus and you've got to drop a lot of other stuff. So if you, if you apply that to a real estate sense, 
and you ask yourself those questions. So like write down what are the things that you really want to change from this year to next year? All the things that you have a mild amount of control over, yeah. not I want the market to pick up and I want there to be 100% more instructions and I want everyone to be realistic on price and I want mortgage rates to drop back to 1%. If you want that, start finding a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. Or buy one of those tickets, right? But you know, maybe you want to increase your market share by 5%. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want to do three appointments a day, two selling appointments, one buying appointment, whatever it might be, right? Write down all the things that you want to change in your business or in your life, whatever it is, in the next year, and then bring that back to what do you want to do in the next six months and what do you want to do in the next three months and pick one. Yeah. So realistically, if you want to increase your market share by an additional, let's not use percentages because that's subjective. Let's just use sort of numbers. So if you want five extra instructions a month on average to what you're doing now, and that's your one thing, what are the actions associated Mm -hmm. to that? And what have you got to do? It's probably not waiting until two o'clock to make a phone call and then doing it the next day. It's probably not sporadically sending out some letterbox drops or some direct mail or doing one social media post every month. It's okay. If I need to get five genuine signed opportunities, I might have to do 10 extra appointments. If I've got a 50% conversion rate, I might have to do 50 extra appointments. If I've got a 10% conversion rate. So I need to upskill in certain places. Um, what do I have to do to go and get those opportunities? Is that even realistic? Is that mm-hmm. even in my control? Um, I read a really interesting thing the other day about uh, the unrealistic nature of first home buyers. And it was like, there's there's a, a high percentage of first home buyers who are complaining that they can't find what they're looking for. When in reality, what they're looking for doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, they want a three bedroom, two bathroom terraced house with off street parking and they want it for 150 grand in <laughs> zone three. <laughs> right computer says no yeah yeah <laughs> the market says no so are they complaining that there's nothing on the market or they have completely misaligned expectations because there's no agents out there talking to them about mm. what they can actually get and is their brief for lack of a better word actually achievable as an agent that's a great conversation to have if mm. no one else is and you're then going to waste way less time showing them through shit they can't afford yeah. So what are, what are the actions? You know, what will you change up next year? Write that list, pick one and start doing it today. I think it's all well and good. We've, we've spoke, this is an episode that we've had on this podcast five years in a row. <laughs> At some point between October and November of it's time to start planning for yeah. next year. But in, in the spirit of the conversation that we had with James last week, it's when are you going to start taking action for next year? Mm. Yeah, and I think rather than winning and start planning, and I think that can also be applied. Be applied, and you know the uh, questions get answers, statements get judged side side yeah. of it. I think you can also apply that, and what we've just talked about about taking action now, you can also apply that to the market and to your conversations that you're having with your potential house sellers at the moment. Because I think at this time of year, naturally, a lot of people will be thinking, oh, I'll just wait till next year. You know, and I've had conversations with people in the industry who say to me, oh, well, it's not a good time to sell, is it? I'm like, well, it depends on your circumstances. So I think you also need to be challenging your potential sellers at the moment as to, are they taking action now or are they waiting and putting it off? And if they're putting it off, what reason are they putting it off for? But I found when I've been speaking to potential sellers who 
some are on the market thinking, oh, we'll just make a change next year, just literally sitting there and not doing anything. And I think we've got to challenge those uh, clients by asking them, do you think your house is going to be worth more money now or next year? You know, if you if you don't take action first week, it gets into, you, know, you might be talking February next year, suddenly you might have more competition, the market might have dropped a little bit, interest rates might have gone up again. There's there's so many things that you can use in, in the moment to actually have good conversations with your clients. And obviously, you mentioned before, control the controllables. We can't control the market. We can't control a number of factors. We can't control whether people will make that decision, but we can certainly influence them and be having conversations with them to ensure that they are making the right decision. Because at this time of year, sitting and waiting is the type of thing that, you know, can really affect your ability to hit your goals next year. So I don't think we just need, in the same way that our personal and business goals shouldn't wait, we should also be having our, uh, we should also be having conversations about our clients' goals because they shouldn't just be sitting and waiting until after Christmas. Because as you say, we've, we can sit here as agents now and think, oh, the year's gone, really. That's it, and kind of wind up. Or we can say, actually, there's still a lot of business to be done between now and, you know, the 23rd of December, because I don't I don't believe that – I genuinely don't believe that there is a best time for everyone to sell the house. The people's individ, individual circumstances are so unique that they might have been on the market for six months, and they might just be thinking, oh, well, we'll make a change next year. But actually – is that the right thing for them? And as agents, we need to be challenging them and questioning them to make sure that they've actually considered it because there's probably a lot of clients either sat on the market or waiting to go on the market that haven't actually considered if their house is going to be worth more money today or on the 17th of January. Hmm. It, it is actually prime time to be having conversations with those people that have sat around for a really long time. And on the inverse, it's prime time to be hugging your clients Yes. sitting around on the market for a few weeks better than you ever have to make sure that another motivated agent doesn't come along and ask them the questions that need to be asked as well uh, and then take them away from you and get that result in early mm. January. I mean, to, to your point there, if someone's not on the market now, they, they realistically, they've got to be pretty motivated mm. to really want to live. I mean, maybe for the next four weeks through November, definitely. Um, but into December, I never subscribe to the fact of telling people it's a good time to sell just to get a listing on the board. Uh, mm. And also, I think Christmas dinner tastes better if you've actually had a rest. Uh, it's a bit like the turkey, right? You pull the turkey straight out of the oven, you eat it straight away, it doesn't taste as good. You give it a bit of time to rest, it relaxes, yeah. you know, it gets a bit juicier, it's nice. It's the same thing with real estate agents eating the turkey. If you're chilled out on Christmas lunch, it's a better day, mm. right? And if you've done the work, and this is again uh, repeating what we've talked about for the last few years, if you've done the work, over the next six or seven weeks, that food tastes better too because you've got a pipeline to come back to. Yeah. And when your great aunt that you haven't seen since last Christmas who asked you, how's it going? And you were like, oh, yeah, it's okay. Could be busy. She asks you again, how's it going? And you go, yeah, well, it's okay. I could, you know, <laughs> could be busier. If you turn around and you say to her, actually, I've got four properties that I'm launching on the 6th and mm. another 10 on the 17th. And they're all people who were just kind of umming and ahhing through this year thought they'd missed the boat but we were actually able to really help them understand that it's the same thing on the buying side right so if you're looking for opportunities now ring everybody who's inquired on a property in the last three months that hasn't bought mm. and say to them are you making offers before christmas and yeah. whatever they say the answer is can i talk to potential sellers who are looking to do something before christmas about your specific need 
they're not going to say no to that. And if they say, no, we're going to wait till next year, it's just like, do you want to join my new year waiting list? Because we're going to get people through that we know really well ahead of launching these to the active market. So you can have an opportunity to pick it up before it goes on right move. Mm. No one's also going to say no to that. So you're building a ready-made list of people. And ideally, most of them have houses to sell as well. So you're building a ready-made list of people. I'd like to apologize for my uh, <laughs> sincere lack of ability to pronunciate words this evening. Uh, it's the time difference. Right? <laughs> it's this extra hour. That's it. It's the extra hour. I had time to think about this instead of just going for it. Um, you're building a ready-made list of people that you can literally match. And you can say, hey, Mark, it's Sam. We spoke back at the end of November and you said you weren't thinking about doing anything, but you wanted to go on my list. I've got three to show you. They're all within a five-minute drive, whatever. Who knows what the story is, right? But you can see them on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Now, imagine if you genuinely had a short list of properties that suited a number of buyers and you saw them three days in a row, regardless of whether they bought that house, guess who's getting an evaluation? Yeah, exactly. All right regardless of whether they buy that house or it suits them or not, what an opportunity to build an almost unbeatable relationship where they've seen you engage with people. There's, they've seen the fact that you've got keys to three separate houses. There's a frequency to your communication. You're getting great feedback to take back to yourselves. And then you just go, what are you doing with your place? Hmm. Boom. So hey, this, is all, this is all work. No shadow of a doubt. But most of the time, if you want good stuff, you have to work for it. Yeah. And these, just to go back to your point earlier, these are not extreme changes that you've got to make in your business, but actually you've got to do them consistently. You've got to do them consistently now over the next you know, six, eight weeks to, to lead in to then get the results. Because these results, the work that we take today, you don't get the results of that work tomorrow or the next day, but we're talking about putting stuff in place for January and February. So you're absolutely right. You can sit down on Christmas day, have, have your Christmas meal in a much better mood because you know, you've put the work in, but you can't, you can't change that on Christmas day. You can only change it now to actually have those. But I, I, I think a lot of people just to reiterate that point, I think a lot of people make decisions for clients based on what, a lot of clients are saying so you're probably right a lot of clients are now saying well we'll wait till next year but people's circumstances i don't know so we we need to make sure that we are asking that question of both buyers as you said and sellers and then reacting mm. with a solution whichever way they go so that's not a bad conversation to be had because as you say even if they say oh we're going to wait till next year well you know can i you know put you on the list for next year or i'll give you a call on first week back or, you know, and then, and then obviously you're going to follow up with a Christmas card and, you know, a call just before, because that consistent um, communication you know, will breed much better results. Great. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Hunter. As you know, we do this because we love our industry. We want to see it improve and get better. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please share it with colleagues, share it out on uh, social media. I'm Mark Worrell. He's Sam Hunter. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>